Today on the Relationship Renovation Podcast, we answer a listener's email about how to recover from a very difficult fight or argument in their relationship. Tara and I talk about the fact that it's normal that this happens and that there's a mindset that you can adopt where these difficult moments can actually be moments that help you grow as individuals and also have a secure, loving relationship. So stay tuned. Do you want to feel more emotionally and intimately connected with your partner? Then we have the tool that is exactly right for you. We have a program called Relationship Renovation at Home, and it is an amazing way for you and your partner to have a structured way weekly to work together. Because we deserve awesomeness in our relationships. Just go to our website, relationshiprenovation.com. At the top, there's a link to at home program, and it will give you a free lesson. If you want to just check it out and see if it's something that works for you and your partner, we know it will make a significant positive impact on your relationship. Hello all and welcome to the Relationship Renovation Podcast. I'm Tara Kerwin. And my name is EJ Kerwin. And you know, we just always want to once in a while introduce ourselves again. Tara and I are our therapists. We've both been therapists for a number of years. It's amazing to think Tara's been a therapist for over over 20 years, <laughs> specializing in marriage and family therapy. We are a married couple. Blended family. We are a blended family. We have Tara went from zero kids to four kids in 18 months. Yes, I did. And then we opened up a couples counseling center. And then we opened up a couples counseling center. We have a, we have a really thriving uh, couples counseling center in Tucson, Arizona with uh, over a dozen therapists. Yeah. And we've been doing uh, this podcast for for four years now of really just sort of getting the message out that having a relationship is not the easiest thing <laughs> in the world, but with thoughtfulness, with intentionality, with skills. with skills that we can work towards having a securely attached relationship. Yes, and the, the relationship renovation name itself is the program that EJ and I developed that we have taken couples through, and now that our therapists take couples through, which really does provide emotional safety and skill building so that you can have a secure, trusting, loving relationship. And even when you go through those difficult times, because you will, you know that it'll be okay. And there won't have to be all those threats of I'm done, we're leaving, all that good stuff, yeah. which kind of leads into our topic today. Well, and, and there's also, I think it's important to say, like one of the things that really is like at the heart of our program and our perspective is that our upbringing has a profound effect on how we function in our relationship. And, and that oftentimes we see, you know, our partner is the problem or, hey, this just isn't the right relationship. It's just, it's just, this isn't right. It doesn't work. I'm still guilty of that sometimes. Yeah, I mean, we <laughs> all are, we all are, because it's much easier to look at the external yes. because we can see it than the internal that's what's going on within us. Yes. But when I gain a deeper understanding of my unconscious triggers and how I have patterns of thought and behavior and feelings that were derived from my early years. Mm -hmm. When I understand that about myself and when I understand that about Tara, then it gives us like some chance to change and to, and to get better at being in relationship together. To change, to get better and to have more compassion about your partner which is the thing that starts to really rupture when repetitive arguments begin. 
I really wanted to put that in there because both people have to do the work in the relationship. Because if I'm doing my work and I'm like letting you know the triggers and what happened, but you're not doing that, then I don't get to know you. So I won't build compassion towards you. And then I'll just be like, this isn't working. But because we've both decided we really want this to work, even though it's really, really hard at times, we both do our work. And that's, you know, that's what we kind of bring our couples through or talk about on our podcast that it's not supposed to be all roses and dandelions and rainbows. Absolutely not. In fact, if you have a relationship like that, reach out because we want to interview you. Yeah. Well, and in fact, that's like a dangerous belief, right? It's like this belief that we should be in the honeymoon phase perpetually. And man, that's just not the case. It just, it just can't, it can't function that way, that things are going to get real at some point. Can I share something really quick? Yeah, absolutely. Because I always know that that's true. Like when I'm watching like Hallmark romantic movies and I'm like, oh, that's just not us. We're just, we're not like that anymore. And then I immediately am like, that is not reality. Like, do I wish that sometimes? Like, is that fantasy land? Sure. But I'm automatically restructuring. Like, that's not reality. Like, that is not how love works when you're together and you're facing a lot of challenges and navigating life changes together. And so it helps me kind of get back on earth. Yeah. Well, and I think that that's like a perfect segue into our topic today. And, you know, we're, we're lucky enough where we have a really, you know, robust audience of people listening to us Thank now you. who are writing into us. You can always send us an email at info at relationshiprenovation.com. And they're sending us, you know, stories and scenes from their life and then asking us to give a little bit of advice. And so we have a listener email that, that I'd like to read today. Thank you, everybody who who's continuing to write in because it just gives us you know, such a perception into into what's going on out there. And it allows us to like provide support and feedback only because we've gone through all of the trenches too. So. Yeah, yeah. so this listener starts by saying, hi, I wanted to reach out to say thank you. My relationship has recently hit a rock bottom. I've been working hard to make changes to be a better man and to be a safe space for my wife. I found your podcast and haven't been able to put it down. Over the past few weeks, it has helped me tremendously from communications to expectations to in-law problems to hormone (laughs) issues. A lot of stuff going on for all of us, right? I love it. We've hit everything. Every episode has touched on problems that we have in our partnership. Everything has been so helpful and a true game changer for me. Personally, I have started uh, therapy, but I wish I had the opportunity to work with you, but these podcasts have changed my life and given me hope for the future. Thank you. That's so nice to say. Mm -hmm. One topic I would love to hear on the podcast is how to come back together after a blowout fight. My wife has PTSD from her past, and I push almost every one of her triggers, not to mention the pain I've caused in other ways throughout the relationship. We both love each other and are working to build our relationship back to a great place, but would love to hear any tips or mindsets on how to come back from those really difficult fights. Life is chaotic. Thank you for all you do to help us navigate the chaos to make our relationship a priority. Mm. I have goosebumps like all over my body. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. I can relate to a lot of that email. Yeah. I mean, when he said, um, I love my wife very much, but, you know, but we still keep. I trigger all of her. Trigger her all her the PTSD. time. I mean, I definitely relate to that because I adore you. I love you very much. And there are times where I feel like, man, I just like make her feel horrible. Well, this is, I'm going to love this podcast today because we are going to give you some very valuable 
resources and feedback and ways to be in it together even when you are triggering each other like mad. In fact, we just had an episode, like two or three episodes, where we talk about a big conflict that we had. It was like one of the biggest ones in years. And it felt so destabilizing, so scary, was just extremely tough. And we we had to bounce back. We're here together. that's exactly what that this (laughs) listener is talking about. Like, how do you bounce back? So I feel like just first to normalize that conflict is completely normal and it's healthy. It's a huge part of growing and change individually and in your relationship. I'm thinking of that one country song. I don't know who it's from, but it's like, we don't even fight anymore. It's like their love is so disconnected and numb. We don't even fight anymore. So actually fighting is a good sign that you still care, even if that sounds strange. So just to know to have that preventative mindset of conflict is healthy. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's important, you know, we always have to, you know, we have a lot of knowledge as being therapists over the years and we've and we've seen a broad range, right, of what conflict looks like. Mm-hmm. And so it's also important at the very beginning of this to sort of define conflict is healthy, but there are limits to that. Right. You know, when there is a lack of physical safety, when there is domestic violence, I mean, that is when it's not a relationship issue, right. it's a domestic violence issue. And and, and we to have, have to really plan. implore people to get support in mm-hmm. making sure that you are physically safe in your relationship. So throughout this episode, I just appreciate for everybody to know that when we talk about conflict being safe, we're talking about like, you know, when things get very heated, when voices are, are raised, maybe even there's cursing, you know, but- When there's like a three-day silent treatment yeah, after. Yeah, it's not to the point where you feel like I am in danger. Yeah. If you are in danger, then then you have to look at local resources as far as support, yeah. whichever side of it you're on, where you're the person yeah. who, who acted out in a violent way, or you're the person who, who is the victim in that situation, you, you have to, you know, step out and take care of yourselves there. And really our our goal intention maybe is how to just keep getting better and better at it. It's not like, oh, I've got this tool now and now our conflict is going to be awesome. Like we're going to get through this. It has been 13 years that we continue to work on getting better with conflict. And even when we're with our couples, you know, when we're reviewing goals and stuff, we look at intensity, frequency, duration, because couples will come in and they've been doing great. They're like we had another fight. We're like, well, yeah, that's inevitable. But look, when you first came in and we were developing goals, you guys were fighting two to three times a week. The intensity was at an eight on a one to 10 scale. And the duration would last three days because so-and-so would do the silent treatment and then you couldn't come back. And even if you did come back, you weren't repairing it. And now let's look at it. And usually the intensity is significantly lower. The frequency is maybe once every couple of weeks and the duration is within 12 hours, right? Because we're always teaching couples, don't let it go past 12 hours, try to repair it if you can. And so again, knowing that like conflict is inevitable, but we keep getting better at it and patience because we're not going to use those healthy coping skills all of the time. Yeah. So I, I think that, you know, I really want to name that and really get very specific about that. And, and what Tara's talking about there 
is making an agreement together. And this is a preventative way ahead of time of how to help you recover from a conflict is having a conversation in a non-activated time where you and your partner- Non-activated. Yeah, non-activated, meaning your central nervous system is not, your heart's not pumping, you're not breathing rapidly, there's no piece of content that you're disagreeing at, is saying, hey, can we together agree that conflict is normal? You know, that we are going to have conflict. And especially if you look at our past and in this, in our listeners email, this is a couple who can say like, look, we have triggers, Mm -hmm. we have conflict. Can we say that we will probably have conflict again? And can we shift our mindset a little bit to the idea that we're going to look at conflict as a way to get better at conflict if it is inevitable? Because conflict is really hard. And when we're in that place of conflict, I know I start to feel powerless. Our biology says avoid it. That's dangerous. And so this is why so many couples struggle and individuals struggle with conflict because it just feels powerless and hopeless and you don't know what to do. And then it's activating all of our triggers from like the minute we were born into this world. It's activating our nervous system, which is in flight, fight, freeze now. So it's really hard because we're almost going against the grain of biology to handle conflict in a healthy way. Yeah. Well, because no matter what side of the conflict you're on, mm. it is a physically uncomfortable experience. You know, it's, it's important to just recognize the fact that in those moments, your central nervous system is just jacked up. Like your heart is pumping and you're you're not breathing as much as you should. So there's less oxygen in your system and your muscles are tensed up. And so it's important to recognize like it is just literally physically uncomfortable, right? And now your partner is a perceived threat because your body's reacting that way. Yeah, or the flip, because I'm thinking of a in the dynamic that it sounds like maybe we might relate to this listener is he's saying, like, hey, I tend to trigger my partner, right? And I certainly trigger you relatively frequently, right? (laughs) And so although I might not be the person who's triggered, right? I might not be as activated as you. Like, it's a horrible feeling, one, for me to be like, oh, I did it again. Hmm. Like, it's like such like a heart-wrenching experience to be like, gosh, she's looking at me like I'm the enemy. Monster. Yeah, yeah, like I'm a monster, like I'm a bad person, I'm untrustable. It's difficult just to be there, but then it's also like extremely powerless feeling because I know once you're triggered, I'm like, I have a limited capability to support you in stabilizing. And I have to share this because, right, this listener is talking about his wife's PTSD. I also have PTSD. If I wasn't doing my own work, I don't know if we could have ever gotten through this because you would have always been perceived as a threat. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. 
Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. But now I know monster that comes from my past, that comes from bad people that abused me. But I didn't know. My body didn't know. My body just was responding in this flight, fight, freeze that I did as a little girl. And so I didn't have that frontal lobe to say, actually, EJ's safe. He's not a monster. He's not a bad person. But if I didn't do all of my work around that, I would have fled. And if you wouldn't have understood why I perceived you in that way, you know, that's where that compassion piece comes in. Like you're understanding why it's happening. And although you feel like that bad person, imagine if you weren't doing your own work, you would be like, I just keep hurting or I can't do this anymore. Or I, I'm not sure. But. Well, and, and it's confusing, I'm sure for you as well, because sometimes I have done something that's lame or I have done something where I didn't stay consistent or I didn't meet an expectation that we've talked about over and over. So like, sometimes I do trigger you and maybe it's it's really like it was something benign I did and and, and I you know it, it's just a trigger and and I I didn't sort of screw up you know but then sometimes probably more frequently your triggers are based upon legitimate frustrations that you have with mm-hmm. me right you know and so it's got to be I imagine from your side and from from this listener's partner's side is like confusing because it is like I am frustrated and angry at their behavior but they're not a monster. Right. So big arguments to me happen because maybe things haven't been talked about and one or the other is like letting it build inside. And so I remember when you and I would have like maybe these big arguments like twice a year and I would be like, yes, it's happened. We can talk about this. And EJ's in tears and like, this was really hard to get to because you had that avoidance style attachment. And I was always like, I need this and I need this. And here's what I'm like frustrated about. And I had this voice constantly and you were avoidant. And so again, it would like build up and build up. And then we'd have this like massive blowout. And then I would feel so relieved and so much more connected to you because you were able to soften and whether it was be vulnerable, but yeah. And now you're getting better and better at it. And so again, like looking at that individual piece, like, do I avoid conflict? Because if I avoid conflict, your partner probably feels confused by your needs or what's going on for you internally. I know I felt that way. And so the more you're able to express your needs and frustrations weekly, daily, it doesn't build up. It doesn't lead to the big explosion. And then I also remember... I would feel this sense of relief and like, oh my gosh, so close to you. Like, oh, let's, you know, let's go like watch a show together or something. And you would take a couple of days. I had like a hangover from it. Yes. And so I would just want to bring in this piece that everybody's going to have a different process, right? Because the idea is how do we come back together after a big fight? I was like, let's snuggle, love you, feel so close. You are like deer in the headlights for two days. Yeah. I mean, that's a great intervention that we could offer this couple is saying, could you guys have a discussion about how both of you recover or what happens in the hours and Mm -hmm. days 
after a conflict, could you have a discussion and sort of do a little bit of a, you know, Monday morning quarterback autopsy of, <laughs> uh, autopsy might be the wrong word, uh, but, you know, could you have a discussion about what are the patterns after the conflict mm -hmm. so that you can understand each other better? Because like Tara said, like, our understanding is sometimes after those conflicts, when she comes back, she feels closer. Sometimes after those conflicts, I feel sort of numb and checked out. And if we're not careful, that could then re-agitate us where she comes back and is like, oh, okay, we had that, let's connect. And I could be like, oh, let's not connect. Yeah. And then that could reignite us. And so could you as a couple have a discussion about how each of you react afterwards and ways you might be able to sort of patch? Because I know personally what I need to do after conflict is I need to be like, okay, I can't go into a, a shell. I can't back off into a cave. That was like so significant because when you would come back, that made me feel so happy, yeah. even though you were uncomfortable. Like seeing you do your work was a huge piece of me building emotional safety with you around my own PTSD triggers. So yeah. thank you for that. Yeah. One thing I, I did want to say is that we have so many different interventions to understand what our triggers are, to be able to kind of get back into your window of tolerance after a big fight so that you guys can come back to understand it. But understanding it is really important because a lot of couples just, okay, that's over. We'll put that baby under the rug. And then another month, another two months, another week, it's going to blow up again. You have to have some type of resolution. And resolution doesn't mean like it's fixed. Resolution's like, listen, we cannot come to an agreement around this, but we're both agreeing that we're going to kind of take this off the table. Maybe we're going to go into couples therapy, not sure. So just know that you have to always come back from this conflict and make sure there's some type of resolution to it and address it. Yeah, and so I, I think a piece of insight that's really useful because what, what we're doing is we're telling this couple at some point you guys have to come back together and you have to talk. But in order to do that, you have to be in a phrase that, that, that we learned over the years is window of tolerance, right? That both of you have to be in a place where your central nervous systems are calm, where you're in a non-activated state, because if one of you is not in the window of tolerance, then there's a high likelihood it's not gonna go well. And so you have to be able mm -hmm. to step away and really you have to self-soothe. I mean, and that's more difficult sometimes for one partner than the other. I know like we had like a little, like a smaller conflict a few nights ago and maybe for one of the first times in a while, like I was able to sort of help you come back into the window of tolerance. Mm -hmm. But that takes a lot of work, right? And, and at first with this couple, really introducing that concept of each of you looking at like, how do I know that I'm in the window of tolerance, that we can reapproach this conversation and I'm starting from an even point. And a lot of that too is somatically because our thoughts will totally limit us to getting into that window of tolerance. It's like, I'm going to relax my body. I'm going to breathe. I'm going to take a time out. I'm going to get out of this stimulus in environment that's creating a lot of stimulation. Somatically is a really great way to get back into that because now your brain is releasing right chemicals that say, okay, I'm not in flight, fight, freeze anymore. 
But there is that kind of piggybacking after what you just said. There is this idea of emotional triage. Yeah. And I could you share a little bit more because you kind of came in, helped me. I was having a hard time getting out of my window of tolerance, hence also hormone time. Yeah, yeah. So so that's when you're really triaging with Yes. <laughs> so an important concept is emotional triage. And it's just this idea, you know, just like an EMT when they come to a, an accident, that there are some who are in need of immediate care and others that their care can wait a moment. And in a relationship, it's sort of that identifying both partners looking and be like, who needs more care? right now. And if I notice like, wow, I'm less activated, then maybe I can be there for Tara, that I can talk at a slower pace. I can remember things that she told me in previous arguments that might help in that moment. Like I might be able to help her return into her window of tolerance. And I'm, I don't mean to laugh, but I'm just thinking of like... <laughs> On my cycle days, like five straight days, like emotional triage, like it's always going to be on you. Well, and then, the, yeah, there's just that awareness of that like hormones, of, of yeah. being preventative, of knowing like when are the times of month, what are the topics, you know, just having that awareness so that you might just be aware like, hey, this might be a difficult day for us. And one of the things that couples get very like flustered in is there's this idea like they should just know what I need. And that is not the case ever. And so you keep getting better at better at telling each other, hey, when this happens, this is what would feel really good. Or you've had your conflict, you acted a certain way, I acted a certain way. And I say, hey, I just, as I'm reflecting back, I feel like this is would have been more helpful to me. Yeah. And then we teach each other what we need because we both need different things when we're activated, when we're triggered. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I so I think that that is like, incredibly important what Tara's talking about there is that thank you well you're welcome <laughs> is is that you need some process you know we have our like relationship renovation program that we work with couples here in Arizona we also have relationship renovation at home which is an online program you can check it out through our website but you have to have a way to more deeply understand what's happening. And like, you know, we have a, an exercise right in the middle of the program called the relational cognitive restructuring. Mm -hmm. And it's a way for after the fact for each individual to look back and be like, what was the trigger? Mm -hmm. What were the thoughts? What were the feelings? What were my behaviors? What were the negative core beliefs that were activated in that moment? Can I share something? Because the thoughts, feelings, behaviors, those are automatic. We're not like, I'm going to think that and I'm going to act that way. They're automatic. We do not have access. We get hijacked, bam. But they are a symptom of negative core beliefs that we have developed our entire lives. And when you really start doing this work, you will recognize that you can probably identify one to three that are really, those are the guys, like those are the ones that are pretty much consistent. And when you start to identify those, you're going into the basement. You're like, I'm going to go down there and I'm going to see what that is. 
and it makes sense. And then you understand, oh, I know what's being triggered now. But you have to start to understand what it is outside of all of the automatic thoughts, feelings, and behaviors. And and, and for me, that's like the real like ribbon on top of this whole idea of like conflict as being opportunity for growth is that the conflicts that Tara and I have gotten into over the years and the difficulties that we've had that sometimes feel like, oh, maybe we're not supposed to be together are the exact like indicators of my deepest growth, of Tara's deepest growth. And so having that mindset of like, oh, I just realized that that triggers this feeling that I am like all alone in this world. Yeah, or I'm insignificant. Yeah, or I'm insignificant. Invisible is a big one. Yeah, And, and then, I can work on that personally and realize like, wow, that's gonna make me feel so much more stable as a human being. And it's gonna make me feel more whole. And the lucky thing also is it's probably gonna contribute to us having a much better relationship. Mm -hmm. In our lobby, when you walk in, there's this, I'm sure a lot of you who've listened to all of our podcasts have heard this multiple times, but there's a chalkboard that says, our partner is our greatest teacher be patient for the lessons. And it's so true. Like all of my triggers, when I get to understand them, the person that we are in an intimate relationship is the person that's going to be triggering all of our stuff. My kids somewhat, friends somewhat, but that intimate partner, bam, there it is. And it is uncomfortable. But if I'm willing to like, look at what that is, I get to grow as a person. You get to understand me better. Hence, you know, reduced conflict or having the skills to manage, navigate conflict much healthier. Yeah. So to our listener, one, thank you so much for for reaching out, for telling us about the struggle you and your partner have. We're with you. I mean, you know, we don't preach from a mountaintop here. Like we've had our share of really difficult moments over the years And we've adopted this mindset that we talked to you about that even though those are really gut-wrenching, heart-wrenching moments, Mm -hmm. they are also moments that are going to help us feel much more connected to our partner. And if you want any information on that cognitive relational restructuring, you can send us an email and I will gladly share that intervention because that is our goal is to just help couples suffer less and find ways to get curious about each other again and understand our deepest wounds. And when our partner can do that, that's, that's like freedom. That's like acceptance. And that's really what we want as humans. We don't want to be rejected. We want to be accepted. Yeah. So thank you to all of our listeners out there. Keep reaching out to us, info at relationshiprenovation.com. Also our website, relationshiprenovation.com. We have a web form that you can fill out and get more information from us or put in a, an idea for an episode. Uh, please just share you know, our podcast with someone you know who it might be useful for them to hear this information. That's how we continue to grow this community of people who's dedicated to individual growth, who's dedicated to fostering the loving, secure relationship that we all deserve. And I'm just going to keep saying this because it's our second video podcast. You can also share it on YouTube now. Yeah, absolutely. Check (laughs) us out on YouTube. All right. So thank you for listening. And as always, take care of yourself. Take care of each other. You deserve awesomeness. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Me and you just singing on the train. Me and you listening to the rain. Me and you, we are the same. Me and you have all the fame we need. Indeed, you and me.
are we? When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.